0: Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm really glad you made it to our online worship service today. If you're new to Plum Creek, you picked the perfect time to be here. This fall, our church is taking a very important journey, and that journey begins right now. It's called the Strong Challenge. Over the next couple of months, we're going to look to God for the spiritual strength that only He can give. And I don't know about you, but the way things are going right now I could really use some of that strength. And you know, that's exactly what God wants for all of us. He wants to pour his strength into each one of us. We see that all over scripture. In fact, I want to share a verse that'll be the theme of this strong challenge. It's short and sweet, but it's really good. It's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Listen to this. The apostle Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus here, and he says, Finally, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. This is a great place to start. It's it's a call to action. It's a call to become more than who we are today. We can't get there alone, but with God's help, we can get there. Now, today is really an introduction to the Strong Challenge. And we're going to take this time to lay out three goals that will apply to this whole series. Our first goal is in that verse we just read. It's pretty simple, just be strong. And when we say that, we're talking about a strength of character. It's about being the man or woman that God has called you to be. But in Ephesians 6.10, there's no period after the word strong, is there? That verse says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And this is our second goal. Somehow, this strength has to come from beyond ourselves. It has to come from God himself. It's a process that won't happen overnight, and that's why this journey is going to take a while. Now, I said there are three goals, but we need to read the next verse in Ephesians 6 to see goal number three. Verse 11 goes on to say, Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, with that verse, we learn why it's important to be strong. We have an enemy who is out to destroy us, and we're going to need lots of help to defeat that enemy. So these are the three goals. Here's the list. Number one, be strong. Number two, be strong in the Lord. And number three, stand firm against the enemy. Now, we're going to deal with each of these three goals in more detail, but I need to pause for a second to talk about that last one. Do you really believe that there is a spiritual enemy who's out to get you? Do you believe that Satan is real? A lot of people don't. I realize that. Even among people who call themselves Christians, there is a large group that says Satan is not a real living being. He's only a symbol of evil. But you know, on this question, I'm going to side with Jesus. And Jesus definitely believed in Satan. Read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus repeatedly refers to Satan as a real person. He's not just a symbol or a metaphor. And I believe it's important to point this out as we begin this strong challenge. We're not playing games here. We're up against a real enemy. Let's keep reading in Ephesians chapter 6. In verse 12, Paul writes, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. See, this is what we're up against. There are powerful, dark forces who are hell-bent on the destruction of your soul. We can't see them, but they are very real. C.S. Lewis had an interesting comment about this. He said, there are two equal and opposite mistakes we can make when it comes to the devil and evil spirits. One is to deny that they exist, or at least downplay their significance. The other mistake is to believe in these spirits, but then take an unhealthy and excessive interest in them. And most people fall into one of these two camps. But these days, the more common error is to disbelieve, or minimize the battle that's taking place right now in the spiritual world. And it's very dangerous to make that mistake. If you live in denial, you leave yourself vulnerable to this enemy. So as we begin the strong challenge, let's deal with the reality. There is a spiritual battle raging around us, and the enemy wants to destroy and decimate you and me. And there's no way we can win this battle alone. You may be able to bench press 250 pounds, but that's not enough to handle this enemy. You may have a long list of academic degrees and accolades, but that's not enough to handle this enemy. Some of you feel like you're trucking through life pretty well right now. Overall, you're doing okay. You've got things under control, but sooner or later, that's going to change. The enemy will attack. Temptation will come your way and you will find yourself weak or heartbreak will come your way, and you're going to find yourself weak. The devil would love to take you down with some scandalous sin or some devastating tragedy. But you know, spiritual attacks are not always big and dramatic. A lot of times, the enemy works by planting a lie in your heart. And when that lie grows, you start to become someone that God never intended you to be. I believe that's happened a lot here in 2020 you know what I've seen this year? I've seen one group of people who are discouraged and overwhelmed and fearful. I've seen another group that's become cynical and bitter and angry. Can you see yourself in either one of these descriptions? Or have you bounced back and forth between the two? I'm sure that's been true of a lot of us. But here's the thing. When we find ourselves in places like this, it's very easy to start believing one of those lies from Satan. Maybe it's the lie that God has left you to deal with your problems alone. Or maybe it's the lie that you are 100% right, and that other person or that other group is 100% wrong, and that's the end of it. Case closed. Sometimes the devil can be so subtle. Sometimes we don't even notice when we're being deceived. So as we move forward here, let's operate from the conviction that this battle is real, and we all need help. And in the midst of this spiritual war, let Jesus be your strength. Jesus wants to be your strength. And now that we've laid that groundwork, let's go back and look at our three goals, one at a time. Goal number one is a command, isn't it? Be strong. Now, we need to make an important distinction here. Ephesians 6.10 does not say act strong or look strong. It says be strong. There's a huge difference between acting strong and truly being strong. This week I had this flashback from my time as a youth minister in Finley, Ohio. Our church had a big vacation Bible school every summer and I would sometimes invent some crazy character to go along with the VBS theme. Well, one year the theme was uncommon heroes. So I decided to dress up as this character called Hero Man. I went to a thrift store and I put together a costume I stuffed my shirt with polyester fiber fill, and every night at VBS, we showed some cheesy video of Hero Man saving the day in one way or another. Now, most of these videos have been lost to history, but I do have one little clip I can show you. And fair warning, this was back in the early days of trying to create special effects on your home computer, so this is going to be pretty rough. But before we watch it, here's the scenario. There's a cat that's trapped under the tire of a semi-truck. Apparently, this truck had parked right on the cat's tail. So naturally, it's up to Hero Man to save that cat. Let's roll the video. I've got to act fast. That cat's tail will never survive underneath the tire. Will I make it in time? Just barely, if at all. So there it is, homemade special effects circa 2002. We have come a long way. But now that we've seen this video, I think it's very clear. Nobody is going to believe that I actually lifted up that semi-trailer. I don't have superhuman strength. I was only pretending to be strong. And that takes me back to goal number one. If we're going to be strong, we have to stop acting strong. It's so tempting to present this image of ourselves that is better than the reality. For example, you might post a beautiful picture of you and your spouse on social media, and it may look like you have this marriage that is incredibly strong, but the truth is, you're struggling. You've got some serious issues that you need to work on. Or here's another way that you might act strong. Maybe you show up somewhere with a great big smile on your face, but you're hiding the fact that you are completely miserable right now. I don't know exactly what your weakness is, but I know you've got one. And you may not know what my weakness is, but rest assured, I've got one, several actually. And the truth is, it's not much fun to confront these issues head on. It's much easier to hide that weakness. It's much easier to procrastinate, like, yeah, I know I'll deal with that someday. Some of you have struggled with a specific weakness for decades, but if anyone starts to get near that area, you just back away or you shut down. At some point, though, we have to admit the truth. We're not as strong as we'd like other people to think. Not only that, we often fool ourselves. We start thinking that we're stronger than we really are. It's like that addict who says, I can quit anytime I want. We can live in this fantasy world where we imagine that we will overcome the spiritual forces of evil on our own. We buy into this delusion that we can fix whatever's wrong inside of us. But if we're going to make any progress at all here, we have to accept this foundational truth. You can't be spiritually strong until you admit your weakness. And you know, the best option is to come to that realization before you reach some kind of spiritual crisis. Unfortunately, though, A lot of us wait to admit this truth until we hit rock bottom. Now, nobody wants to hit rock bottom. We try to avoid that place at all costs. But sometimes God knows that's the best thing that could happen. God loves you so much that he will allow certain things to come into your life that will take you to the end of your rope. Have you ever heard the phrase, God won't give you more than you can handle? Well, for one thing, that's not in the Bible. And for another thing, it's just not true. Sometimes God does allow you to experience things that you can't handle on your own. Now, why would he do that? Well, it's not because he wants to see you suffer. He just wants you to realize that you need him. He wants you to realize that you are desperate for his power to show up in your life And he may not cause these things directly, but he allows them because he always wants what is best for you. And you will never find his peace or joy or strength until you admit your weakness. So yes, be strong, but don't try this alone. Goal number two, be strong in the Lord. Now, even as I say that, I realize this phrase can sound like a bunch of jargon. Seriously, what's the difference between living in your own strength and living strong in the Lord. Well, let's take the example of temptation. Let's say that yesterday you were tempted in some specific way, but somehow you resisted. You did not give in. Now, were you able to do that because God gave you the strength, or was it just your own willpower? Is it even possible to know the difference? Well, surprisingly, there is a way to know the difference. When we try to live by our own strength, two possible things can happen you're either going to drift into pride or you'll slide into despair. Here's what that pride looks like. You say, well, I know I'm not perfect, but I'm certainly doing better than him or her or them. You feel good about yourself by looking down on others. Perhaps the most likely sign that you're drifting into pride is the fact that you won't stop to consider whether or not you might be prideful. That's one thing you might see when you try to live by your own strength. But the other option is despair. Maybe you have some temptation that you've been fighting for years and you just can't seem to overcome it. Uh, Maybe you're trying to live up to this image of who you think you should be or who others think you should be. And you can't keep up that image, at least not for long. So day after day, those failures accumulate and you feel worse and worse about yourself, and you fall deeper and deeper into despair. So, pride and despair. These two options have something in common, don't they? Pride says, I am actually doing pretty well, better than most. Despair says, I keep trying, but I keep failing. What's the common word there? It's the word I. I am doing pretty well. I keep trying, but I keep failing where's the focus there? The focus is on me, isn't it? And that me focus is the opposite of getting your strength from God. So how can we make that switch from me to he? Well, for one thing, we need a better understanding of who God is. We need to come to terms with his greatness and his goodness. And the best way to do that is through scripture. Let's go back to the Old Testament and see what the prophet Isaiah said about God. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, the prophet says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. So according to Isaiah, it's impossible for us to understand God completely. But let's try anyway. Let's remember who the Lord is. The Lord God is the one who parted the Red Sea. The Lord Jesus is the one who put death into a headlock and he said, you're done. It's over. I'm getting up now. The greatness of God, it goes all the way back before time began. He is the everlasting God. He created the universe. He formed the Milky Way galaxy and he put our planet in the perfect position to support life. And when we get the tiniest glimpse of this God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, full of grace and truth and love and holiness and justice, that glimpse reveals the vast divide between who He is and who we are. And you know what? It would make complete sense if God didn't think twice about us. He is so great and we are so small and so insignificant. We couldn't expect him to pay us any attention whatsoever. But Isaiah chapter 40 doesn't stop at verse 28. Let's keep reading. The prophet says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not be faint. You may have heard this passage before. It's often quoted and printed and put into a nice wall hanging. And you can see why, can't you? This is a powerful image. On the one hand, you've got these young people who thought they were strong, but they found out they're weak. They're tired and weary and stumbling and falling. But once God pours his strength into these people, they start to walk and then to run and then soar like an eagle. When I read this passage, I'm thinking, that's what I want, God. Can I have that? Can I stop stumbling and start soaring? Well, the truth is, I can. You can too. Remember what I said earlier? Jesus wants to be your strength. And if you want that to happen, Step one is to admit your weakness. And then step two is what? What did Isaiah say? Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And in the context of the whole Bible, we know what it means to hope in the Lord. It means putting your faith in Jesus and beginning a relationship with him. It means accepting his gift of forgiveness and salvation, turning away from your old sinful life and being baptized into Christ so you can live a new life. It means asking God to be strong in all the places where you are weak. And if you have done that, you are completely ready to be strong in the Lord. The Apostle Peter puts it this way. He's speaking to followers of Jesus here, and he says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So do you see it? This is true for every genuine follower of Christ. God puts his Holy Spirit inside of you. God makes his home inside of you. He gives you all the power necessary to live the life that he's called you to live. Once you've given your life to Jesus, you have access to all the strength you need. Okay, so that's good to know. It's like you're standing next to the power outlet. You've got the plug in your hand. And you really want this light bulb to turn on. But you can't switch on that light until you plug into the power source. So in a spiritual sense, how do we plug into God's power? Well, let's jump back over to Ephesians chapter 6. Remember what we read earlier? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So here we go the famous armor of God. If you grew up in the church, you probably colored a picture of the armor of God. Christian bookstores even sold an armor of God playset, where you could put on these pieces of plastic that made you look like a Roman soldier. But we're not talking about kid stuff here. This is a real thing. We're talking about real spiritual battles, right? We need this armor. We need it because we have a real enemy. We need it because we're too weak to defeat that enemy alone. And here in Ephesians 6, Paul tells us to suit up. Don't don't wait until you're in the middle of an attack. You've got to put on this armor before the arrows start to fly. Now, I'm going to read Paul's description of this armor, but we won't go over this in detail. We could spend weeks and weeks breaking down this passage one piece at a time. For the moment, though, we're just going to look at the overall picture. Take up the shield of faith with with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So there you go. This is the roadmap for goal number three, stand firm against the enemy. I encourage you to read through this passage multiple times this week and meditate on what God is saying here. Today though, I just wanna point out two quick things. First, Paul is writing to people who are already followers of Jesus. They've already received the helmet of salvation and the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. But if they already have that armor, why does Paul go through this list? Well, it's like this. If you are a follower of Jesus, God wants you to take what is already true and live in that truth. You already have this armor. You just need to claim it as yours and put it on. The second thing I want to point out is at the end of this list. Paul ends with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and prayer. Now, prayer isn't assigned to a specific piece of armor, but it's definitely a huge part of this battle against our enemy. So, Bible and prayer. Bible and prayer. If we want to be strong in the Lord, we can't neglect either one of these things. And I know this is a message you might expect to hear in church You need to pray more. You need to read your Bible more. But it's really interesting. As often as we've heard that message, most of us have a long way to go in these two areas, don't we? But listen, this is why we're doing the strong challenge. We can help each other get strong by encouraging each other to connect with God on a consistent basis. You see, there is a strategic design that God has built into the church. We should engage with scripture and prayer on three levels. First is the church level. It's in a service just like this one, it's the large group setting. The second level is where we break into small groups. This is where we build relationships with a smaller group of people, where we can encourage each other more directly. And finally, we engage with scripture and prayer on the individual level, one on one with God. And we can't skip out on any of these three levels take out the larger church, take out the small group, or take out that individual time with God, and your spiritual strength is going to take a major hit. So, as I close today, I want to encourage everyone watching to accept the strong challenge and follow through all the way to the end. This is a 10-week challenge, and it gives you the chance to participate on all three of these levels. On the church level, you just... Keep attending this service. Keep doing what you're already doing. On the individual level, you spend about 15 minutes with God every day, at least five days a week. Most of you should have received your strong packet by now. If you haven't yet, please let us know and we'll make sure you get one. But in this packet, you've got a deck of cards and these cards will help you connect with God on a regular basis. Starting next Sunday, we'll complete five of these challenge cards every week. But I'll tell you what, if you're going to follow through on this challenge, you need some teammates. You need some teammates who will cheer you on and hold you accountable. That's why we're starting these small groups called huddles. For fall 2020, this is the plan for small groups at Plum Creek. We're not setting up the life groups that we had a year ago. We're just asking everyone to get together with a few friends and have a discussion once a week during this strong series. Now, a lot of you are already in a huddle. You're ready to go, and that's great, but some of you haven't made that commitment yet. And listen, if, if you don't know where to start with this, please let us know. We're happy to help. Go to plumcreek.org strong, and you can fill out a form, and we'll get you into a group. However, I also want you to consider the possibility that God may be calling you to lead a huddle. And I want you to know, anyone can do this. We've got a discussion guide that will walk you through every one of your meetings. You don't have to be a Bible expert. You don't need any experience. You just need to reach out to a friend or two, or maybe another couple and say, hey, let's do this together. You can meet in person, socially distanced. You can meet online. You can do whatever works for you. Uh, we're trying to be flexible here because we want to include as many people as possible. And if, if you're willing to at least consider leading, we'll get you a discussion guide. And you can check that out and see if you're ready to step up and lead. Again, just go to plumcreek.org strong and indicate that you're interested in being a huddle leader. We'll get you everything you need. Time is of the essence though, because these groups will start meeting the week of September 13th. I can't wait to tackle this challenge together. I'm in two huddles myself, and I know that God is going to do great things in these small groups. I've seen that happen again and again. Before I close, though, I want to say a word to a specific group of people. I want to speak to anyone who saw this strong challenge, and right away you said to yourself, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And the first thing I want to say to you is this. I totally know where you're coming from. Years ago, I used to be that guy sitting in the back of the room with my friends and when somebody threw out a spiritual challenge, that that was my response. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. But here's the other thing that I wanna tell you. I wanna ask you a question. Would you take the next few days and pray about that? Would you go to God and say, is this something that you want me to do? And after a couple of days, be honest. Are you convicted that God is calling you to sit this one out? Are you confident that he does not want you to participate? Because here's where I'm coming from. A lot of our church family has already accepted this challenge. And we even have people outside of our church participating. But I would love to see 100% of Plum Creek on board. Why? Well, I know I'm biased here but I don't want you to miss out on what God might do in your life. And I don't want our church to miss out on what you could contribute. And I don't want the world to miss out on what God might do through us. Do you believe there is a real spiritual battle going on around us? I hope so, because it is real. And do you believe you need to be stronger spiritually than what you are today? The reality is you do need more of God's strength. I need it too. We all need it. So let's accept this challenge together. Let's see where God takes us. Let's pray. Father, we acknowledge the fact that we are weak, but you are strong. And I thank you for noticing us, for loving us, and being willing to not only forgive us and give us the promise of eternal life, you're willing to pour your strength into us right now. So Lord, I pray for that to happen today and throughout this strong challenge and even beyond. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.